Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars. I'm back. Sorry, took some time off. Took a weekend off from talking Star Wars because Joseph and I were recording like eight episodes of Force Center and Data Bank Brawl. Uh, so I didn't do a Spotlight Star Wars last week because there just comes a point where maybe you don't want to open your mouth and talk about Star Wars. A little time off. But hey, Hey, we're back, and we're back in a big way. Last week, or excuse me, the last episode of Spotlight Star Wars, I was rambling into my microphone talking about all the Rogue One Funko Pops I had purchased. How I 
Didn't really intend to be part of Force Friday Rogue One Edition, but then I found myself very much part of it. Later on, I picked up an Orson Krennic Funko Pop. I'm all in on Rogue One. I'm excited about Rogue One. I've been saying for a long time now that at, at times I find myself almost more excited for Rogue One than I was Force Awakens, and that's kind of hyperbole, but also at times seems true when you're in the moment. Now, I say all that. I put that all out there so you guys can understand uh, and respect and, 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 and kind of come to terms with some of the things I'm about to say. Um, let's get right to it. Let's rip that Band-Aid off. If you, if you follow me or you listen to me on Schmoes, no, you probably already heard some of this. I didn't particularly care for the Rogue One trailer released just this past week. In fact, the poster, though great... Though important, because it features prominently Jin Erso. Uh, it uh, also has, um, uh, it really highlights the diversity of the cast, uh, though it does lack uh, probably another strong female lead character. And I don't mean, when I say strong female lead, I don't mean this thing going around of strong female characters. I just mean a strong, prominent character. Mon Mothma's in the movie, but she's not clearly prominent. Um, and I think the poster does show that, uh, once again, we only have one female in the main cast. But I think they'll work on that. Uh, this poster shows that they definitely have worked on the, uh, the uh, ethnic background issue. And they do, uh, Disney Lucasfilm deserves some credit for that. And this poster highlights that. The poster's great. Uh, it shows Scarif. shows the, the now famous shot of the stormtroopers in the ocean. I think they're getting a lot of mileage out of that shot. That's not always a great thing. I'm so used to seeing the shot now. It's lost some of its luster. Vader looms in the background of the poster. Jen Erso's got the plans of the Death Star basically shining through on her face. Great poster. But I wasn't blown away by the poster. Uh, the Force Awakens one poster was good and exciting, but, uh, you know, I, I don't have that poster hanging anywhere on my walls. Um, I wouldn't hang the Rogue One poster anywhere on my walls. Uh, I, I think they're good. I think the posters are great at times, and, and uh, but there's something about it that I'm like, ah, I don't know. Not the greatest. So, the next day, the second full-length trailer for Rogue One comes out, and I have the same reaction. Now, again, I said this on Schmoes No the other night, the Schmoes No show, which is live every Thursday night on the uh, Schmoes No uh, Boys YouTube page. Um, I said on December 17th, 2016, the day after Rogue One has hit the theaters and everyone has seen it who, who wants to see it on the first day, uh, I'm probably going to say I've seen it and I love the movie and I'm going to be excited and you're going to hear podcast after podcast of breakdowns and speculation of the next one and what does it mean and that is going to happen unless the movie's a complete flop of course but that's going to happen I don't like the trailer I liked the teaser loved the first trailer that we got Joseph Scrimshaw and I broke that down on a full episode bursting with excitement wasn't a huge fan of this trailer it's good it looks visually stunning Visually stunning quotations around that. That's such a film critic type of phrase. But it's true here. It's, it was visually stunning. It looks like Star Wars to me. It looks like a new Star Wars to me. And, and it's hard to match A New Hope 
shot in, in the mid-70s with Rogue One, which is supposed to end, you know, possibly mere minutes before New Hope begins. You're limited by those type of things. You can try to match it as must, best you can. I think a lot of stuff on Yavin looks really good, really close. The Death Star, I think they're going to match that. But uh, seeing the stormtroopers out in, on the ground, in, uh, say, on Jeddah or uh, on Scarif or running, you know, some of the rebels running through the jungles and stuff, it just it looks new. It looks new and exciting. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily match up to New Hope or some of the other stuff we've seen. Definitely not the prequels. That's a different story. Um, I can accept all that, but it looks like Star Wars. It looks like a new kind of Star Wars, but it definitely looks like Star Wars. That ATSD bounding down the the the, the street there on what I believe uh, we all believe is Jetta uh, looks so much. Bounces and bounds like it was in Return of the Jedi. I expected some Ewoks to come out and take that thing down. That shot looked great. Uh, the shot of the what looks to be the fallen Jedi statue on Jedi, Jedi looks great. Vader walking through the smoke looks great. I can keep saying that over and over. The action, everything, they seem to got visually... Stunning. The music didn't play as big a factor in this trailer as the last one, but, uh, you know, the last two trailers, the music has been spot on as well. Um, but I think the trailer was pedestrian. I think it was paint by numbers. I think they're limited by what they have to do to market this movie. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to me talk and ramble into a microphone on a Friday night, releasing this Saturday morning, chances are you are inside the Star Wars nerd bubble with me. There's other more important things in the world, but we are going to roll up our sleeves and get angry about the Rogue One trailer, aren't we? You're here for a reason. I'm here for a reason. We are diehard Star Wars fans. The Most of the movie-going public, the people that are going to spend money to see this, are going to react to the word Star Wars, which is, again, why it's Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I can make fun of that title all, all, all I want, and I do often, especially on the Schmoes No News segment, but I get it. If you just said Rogue One, a lot of people think it's a new Tom Cruise movie or something like that, so they had to market it with a Star Wars story underneath it. Uh, I totally get that. I think we all get that. The first two trailers had more of a teaser atmosphere and a teaser approach, even the first full length. And I think it allowed us fans to get excited. So now they're kicking into high gear. The movie is under two months away now. And they need to broadcast to the casual Star Wars fan or even the non-Star Wars fan. And I think this trailer had to do that. Therefore, my biggest problem with this trailer is it gave away so much of the plot. Again, it's a sign of the times. We all know Incredible Hulk saved Iron Man before we sat down in the theater for Age of Ultron. Trailers, 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 and too much, and too much, and too much. Force Awakens got too much, too much. The TV spots, everything, I had to turn away. A lot of us had to turn away. Again, that's just where we're at. Digital marketing is uh, bigger than it ever has been. Um, you have so many places to release the teasers and the trailers and the full trailers and, and the clips and all that stuff. So you're going to be bombarded, and I'm sure we're going to be bombarded with Rogue One. Force Awakens, I felt a little more 
back away from it. I, I wanted less, as, as little as possible going in to, to Force Awakens. And I, and I think I did a pretty good job. But what's interesting is that after Force Awakens end, the first viewing I saw, I walked out, I realized that the Force Awakens trailers that I had praised for being vague and perhaps holding back even the entire third act of the movie, it turns out, no, they had pretty much broadcast it all, too. I think we all thought Luke would be in, featured prominently in the third act, and so by not seeing Luke, we figured they were holding something big back. Uh, they were holding his reveal, for sure, but... They weren't holding back the third act of the movie. So, retroactively, Force Awakens trailers maybe gave away too much as well. We just didn't know at the time. Rogue One, the, this second trailer, I think, literally, I feel. And I don't know, and I could sit in that theater and be mistaken, and you will hear me talk about it on this podcast if I am. But... I feel as though I now know how the movie's going to play out beat for beat. And yes, I knew where Rogue One was going. We all know where Rogue One is going. I just rewatched A New Hope the other night. It just—I just had—I was working out, wanted to put something in. Yeah, reach for Star Wars: A New Hope. Put it in. Watch it from beginning to end. And I—I I was excited. It was before the trailer came out. I was excited because the beginning on the blockade runner and Vader's coming in. You know, Vader's pissed because he just did something uh, chasing Jyn Erso, Cassian Andor, and the rest of the. Of the rebel spies and now when he refers to uh you know rebel spies beam some transmissions aboard this ship we know it we know they're here we know the plans are here princess when he's saying that stuff paraphrasing of course um you know now that it's we're about to see that we're about to see what he's talking about that's exciting but now i feel as though i got the first act the second act third act the big fights here and there and things that are going on i feel i got too much from the trailer I had to see it for job purposes. If I could have avoided it, I would. And again, my nerd rage is not super powerful Powerful here right now. I want everyone to know. I'm not going crazy. Again, more important things in the world. But I'm just saying, the, the reaction to the trailer I thought was a bit much. And I think people, we just all wanted to be happy. And you know what? That's If that's what you want to do, I'm telling you right now, listener, go be happy. Watch this trailer again and enjoy it and enjoy it and enjoy it because there's a lot to enjoy in it. Overall, I was disappointed with it. And now, I didn't want to know that there was a flashback with Galen Erso and Jen Erso. Didn't want to know. I didn't want to know that that shot of the dark trooper that we've already seen holding a little stormtrooper doll... I didn't want to know that that is part of a flashback. And they were probably searching for Jen, who was hiding in the bushes, watching her father get captured by, by uh, Orson Krennic, who's probably not a director by that point. I didn't want to see that. Now I know it's there. I knew Mans Mickelson was in the movie as her father. I already know some of the backstory of Galen Erso. I'm going to read the book Rogue One Catalyst and go into the movie with all that knowledge. I am okay with the idea of a little flashback. I am okay with that. Don't get me wrong. But I feel I saw already too much of that flashback. Now I know there's a rescue. Now I know Jin is learning of her father being alive. And they have to go get him. And he's probably being held captive by the Empire. And he doesn't want it there. And I'm sorry if I feel I'm putting it all together for you and therefore spoiling the movie. If you're listening, I apologize if you didn't want to know any of that stuff. I just, again, I feel I know too much of the movie. It's scene to scene to scene to scene. I wish they'd kept some of it back. Vader. 
Yay, we got a great shot of Vader. Two shots. Him walking through. Looks like he's approaching Galen Erso in that shot, I believe. Um, I think he might be the one torturing him. Um, and then uh, you got Director Credic and Vader. You got the back of Vader's head. And they're in a business meeting. It's like an episode of Robot Chicken. Ben Mendelsohn is great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, he's sitting there telling Vader, this battle station has immeasurable power. It, it, it's going to be a fine scene. I'm, it, it, a lot of this is out of context. I get that. But I just, I, I did, then don't show me any Vader. The breathing, uh, a shot behind the uh, uh, Vader's head, the last trailer that ended, that, uh, that was great. Maybe the shot of him walking through the smoke, but I don't need to see that Orson Krennic and Vader are having what amounts to an imperial business meeting on the progress of the Death Star, or what the Death Star might mean, and why the Death Star is important. I would want that in the movie, because let's not forget, again, A New Hope, Vader ain't too impressed by the Death Star, this technological terror you've constructed. And the imperial officers don't have the greatest relationship with Vader. I want to see that all in the movie. But I don't need to see it in this trailer. I don't want to know that they're having the business meeting. Oh, I'm really grumpy tonight. Aren't I? I apologize. I'm normally not like this. Normally, you know you know out there, I like to celebrate the greatest saga ever told is the catchphrase of Jedi Lions for a reason. Because that's the one I came up with because that's what I wanted to do. I can watch Revenge of the Sith and find things to celebrate. I can do all that. This trailer kind of irked me. And the final thing about it that really, really got to me was the dialogue. Again, is it out of context? I, I keep getting told that. It's out of context dialogue, Ken. You're not, you're not seeing it. could be cut together weird. You don't know. But as I think, it, the whole trailer was kind of cut together. Choppy. And I didn't like how the dialogue was presented. Everyone in this movie is a great actor. All right. It's been well documented. I already have a giant crush on Jin Erso. Am I excited that Jin Erso is in front of these uh, ragtag re- rebels and giving them a, 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 a rah-rah speech? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. But the way it was all cut together, the weird kind of laughing response from Donnie Yen, like, oh, that's right, hope. She said hope. And the fact that in all these trailers, we really, really got the, you're a bunch of rebels, right? Wink, wink. Uh, that's what I do. I rebel. Wink, wink. I feel we got too much of them. And I didn't like that Riz Ahmed's character, Bodhi Rook, was uh, the one, uh, the way, I should say, not the one. I'm, if that's how the Rogue One name comes about, is it's, it's a fake name they're given to the Empire to get through something, great. But Rogue One, or the Rogue desig- Call designation, is a pretty important thing to Star Wars fans. If you really, really want to go deep inside the Star Wars nerd bubble. So to learn in this trailer, again, it might have been different if I learned it in the movie. But to learn in this trailer, that it's Bodie Rook just saying, I, I don't know, say we're Rogue One. And then that's how they got the name, it was disappointing. Again, it was in the movie. I might have been like, oh, okay, that's how they got the name. But it's it's in the trailer. <sighs> wow, I'm grumpy. I, I, didn't, I haven't even started drinking tonight, kids. I apologize. I 
again, there's great things in this. Again, there's there's a lot of things to love in this trailer, and definitely a lot to love in this movie. I'm still very excited for Rogue One. There's not going to be a, any I told you so, Cadence. On December 17th, like I said, I'm going to love this movie. I just, maybe I'm frustrated by what I know they have to do, which is market to a uh, group of people. Not sure, still not sure what this movie is. They need to see Vader, but then that might be confusing already because, well, where's Luke and Han? And they need to know. I'm excited for the story. I'm excited that it takes place probably even mere minutes before New Hope. That's awesome. Totally aboard. I just, it's disappointing to me that the trailer had to take time to explain it, to bash it kind of over the head. And then I just don't think the trailer flowed well. I think it gave away too much. I think they just, they just gave away too much. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's good things in it, though, man. Those fights look great. Got some space battles. Going into space, kids. We got some X-Wings. I saw some Y-Wings. Team Y-Wing all the way. Saw some medical frigates in the background. We're going in, kids. Lock S foils into attack position. We're going to have a space battle. Love it. We got the ATACTs. That's a mouthful. Adax. That's why I'm going to call them Adats and Adax. ATSTs, not a mouthful. ATACTs, that's a mouthful, kids. The transport walkers, they're in there. That stuff looks good. Bay's Malbus running right next to a foot of one of them. That's video game stuff, and I love it. Donnie Yen looks great. Other than the reaction shot, again, he's a good actor. I got it. I get it. I got it. I'm okay, but it just was cut together so weird. He looks good. Um, I really, I, I got to tell you, my favorite shot, I, I already talked about it. I was going to try to maybe give a list of favorite shots. Definitely like the rock uh, Jedi uh, formation of the statue, which, by the way, I, I got to admit, I didn't see right away. And people, I saw someone po- someone posted that picture and said, nice Easter egg. And I looked at the picture at work. I brought it up and I stared at it for the longest time. And I was like, what's the Easter egg? And it was Josh Chat- Tappy at JTE. God bless his heart. He said, you like that uh, Jedi statue in the sand? I was like, what are you talking about? He brought it up. I felt stupid. So maybe I missed other things in the trailer. And the trailer's great. And I'm the idiot. I don't know. Hashtag Ken's an idiot. I like that. Uh, but that ATSD shot is great. I love it. It just seems to fit so well with Jedi. It just seems to tie in. Um, the story of Galen Urso being a, a key part in uh, creating this Death Star, I'm all all on board for. Uh, I I would have been fine though, not really seeing any of this until the movie came out. And and even if they showed, even if they said the scene where Cassie and Andor saying, "Hey, Jen, when's the last time you saw your father?" and you cut to him in the rain with Orson Krennic looking at him, and then you know, maybe you show the shot of him sweating because Vader's torturing him or whatever. I that's great, but the whole flashback. I know they're trying to connect. They're trying to say, hey, here's this heroine. Here's this hero of our journey. Jen Erso. And this is why she's connected. I get it. Now I'm the broken record. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm the broken record. I'm just trying to work through. This episode is therapy for myself. I need Joseph Scrimshaw to be here for some Star Wars counseling. Rogue One Trailer 2 edition. Oh. But again, the ATS, ATSD shot, great. The TIE fighters flying over Jeddah, great. I love that stuff. I love that stuff, too, from Force Awakens. The, the TIE fighters on uh, arriving on Jakku, uh, amazing stuff. The TIE fighters with the sun in the background, amazing stuff from Force Awakens. Uh, I'm using that uh, term amazing like a, I'm a 20-year-old blocker. Um, so there's a lot of stuff like that. If you love this trailer... 
do me a favor. Don't fight with me about it, because I'm not going to fight with anybody about it. This is my opinion, and I, I know it's an opinion shared of other people. I'm not the only one shouting in the dark here. But don't fight with me about it. Let's try to make the internet not go in that direction. But if you love this trailer and you, and you disagree with my assessment of it, or you want to try to convince me, let's play a little game and use that hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. And send me your favorite moments or why you loved this trailer, trailer two. I don't need you telling me I'm wrong. I just need you to share why you love it. That's the things I want to do here. We can disagree. All right? A lot of you out there aren't overly happy with Joseph and Jennifer and I's assessment of Star Wars Rebels. A lot of you love it. And you know what? We seriously, really love that you love it. We really do. Um, We like it. We don't love it. We might one day. The episode, and let's talk a little Rebels. And this is kind of the stuff that uh, this last episode of Rebels, if you haven't watched it yet, we'll take a little, little pause. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Not a full review. Totally impromptu. I might miss some things. I just wanted to talk about it. The Star Wars Rebels uh, episode, the Antilles Extraction, is exciting because the, the character of Wedge Antilles is very awesome, very important to the Star Wars lore. It's important. Wedge is important to us Star Wars fans. The only non-main character really to survive all three movies, you know, in a prominent kind of yet second-tier role. Um, very key to uh, the Rebels' efforts in Return of the Jedi, taking the North Tower. He's key to taking down some Adats. Good shot, Jensen! Cable's away! Detach Cable! Great stuff from Wedge. New Hope, he's trying. He stays with Luke as long as he can, but he's got to go. But we all know love and love Wedge. So the story of how Wedge joined the Rebellion... It's going to pique some interest. And it's been told in different ways. Wedge was pretty prominent in the Heir to the Empire, Timothy Zahn trilogy. He's been prominent in other areas, Rogue Squadron, all that kind of stuff. But the the full story is open now because of new canon. And he was uh, mentioned, he's he's mentioned obviously a lot in, uh, in the Aftermath books. He, um... Key and early on in the first book, Aftermath, and in the Life Dead, he factors in as well. There's a little bit of a, a little bit of a love romance angle for him with Nora Wexley. A little broken-hearted angle with Wedge Antilles and Nora Wexley. Uh, it's great, great to see Wedge used in that capacity. And it was revealed in these new canon books that Wedge was recruited to the rebellion by his friend Ahsoka Tano. Fulcrum. Now, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking to myself, wait, I got to go back and read that again. Because they, they definitely use the word Fulcrum, which makes you think of Sokotano, because that's what she was called. That was her code name in Season 2 of Rebels until she's revealed. And all through Season 1, of course, too. Fulcrum is this person helping the Rebels. Revealed to be Ahsoka. But now, with Ahsoka revealed, there's another fulcrum, and that figures prominently into this episode. So now, even as I'm thinking, 
Maybe I got that detail wrong. Maybe I fell for the bait and switch. I don't know. But we get the story of Wedge showing the rebellion. It happens on Rebels. It happens with Sabine Wren going in. Sabine finally featured prominently. Though I still, I still, sidetrack note, I still think Star Wars Rebels really, really needs to spend more time with Sabine and Hera. These two female characters, um, it's important that they're there, and we have spent a lot of time with them overall. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. But I still don't feel I know Sabine. I really don't. Um, I want to know more. There's an interesting character there. I'm not going to rest until I reveal why she was graffitiing Cad Bane in like episode one of season one. Still haven't got that answer. The Mandalorian tie-in. There's a lot of cool things. I I hope that character, like, I would love to see somehow that character get her uh, own adventures. Hera's interesting, too. Her father's interesting. Ties into Clone Wars. That's all good. I just feel a lot of times in Rebels, we we don't get a lot of them. We get parts of them. We get little moments with them. And I think even in this episode, the Antilles distraction in which Sabine Wren is sent in because she was a former Imperial uh, Academy trainee. Uh, that's important things, and I still feel I didn't get a lot. But here's sometimes the problem with new Star Wars canon. It's a hard task. I'm not criticizing at all. I'm just pointing out the hard task. They come up with this good story. It's a good story of, of Wedge Antilles being uh, procured from the Imperial Flight Academy. Hobby is with him, and another guy, Breck, Rack, I don't know. He's dead. That's all that matters. Hobby, of course, you might remember Hobby from Empire Strikes Back. He is the he is the one of my favorite quotes in all Star Wars. Two Star Destroyer, two two fighters against the Star Destroyer uh, on on Hoth as they're getting ready uh, and Leia's briefing everybody. Love that guy. That's Hobby. So he's featured in this episode too. Now we know how they join, and it has to do with Kanan and Ezra and Sabine and. Zeb and Hera. And I don't know if that's the story I wanted. And again, that's my expectations. And that's my fault for having a problem with it. I'm the a-hole here. The story of how I wanted Wedge to join the rebellion doesn't really matter. Because I don't have the chance to tell that story. Rightfully so. I wouldn't be good at it. But in watching this episode and watching a lot of Rebels and as they're starting to answer a lot of these questions, it just does I don't know if this is where I want it to happen. That I've waited all these years to hear about how Wedge joined the Rebellion officially. And it happens because uh, Chopper and his team... <laughs> sorry, Chopper, I love you. Uh, extract him. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a good episode. Rebels is good. If you loved it, tell me. Prove me wrong, children. Prove me wrong, children. It's a good episode. It just, it just again, like a lot of Rebels, it just left me a little flat. And I felt the, uh, the hobby reference, though cool, it's totally cool, was also a little bit over the top. A little bit of a big wink and a nudge. And I kind of feel that, going back to Rogue One, that some of the stuff... Uh, we've got now with the, uh, we're a bunch of rebels, right? Uh, we, well, the rebellion needs hope. Uh, like a new hope, would you say? We can dial that back. I'm sure they'll dial it back in the movie. And as far as rebels, I like some of these weird connections. I'm okay that Hobby's there. 
Just don't do it all the time. It's, it's kind of weird that this children's cartoon is tied so heavily into the new storyline. Again, I'm pointing at myself here. I'm the a-hole. I'm trying to adjust. And you're going to help me. You guys are going to help me. If you're out there and you loved the second Rogue One trailer, that's what I want you to do. Is go to hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Uh, and you can communicate with me like Alex Lloyd at Alex D.N. Lloyd. He tweeted me, what do you think of the Vader moments in the new trailer? Hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Hashtag Spotlight SW. Hashtag Force Center. Hashtag Rogue, Rogue One. Alex, that is a good use of hashtags. I talked about it already, but Alex, I want to directly answer your question. I don't like the business meeting with Krennic. Cut that. I don't need it. Or just don't even let me know who Krennic's talking to. I could hear the voiceover aspect would be fine. Just have have that. Uh, this is we're dealing with immeasurable power. Great line. I don't want to know yet. Keyword yet that Krennic's talking to Vader about that in a in a business meeting. Uh, but the second moment of Vader, Vader walking through the fog. Great. It looks great. Um, I think it's totally great. And um, Eric Barrios had asked this question before of, uh, you know, would you be pumped if in Rogue One Vader's revealed to be Hayden Christensen? We, we've heard that a lot. Um, to tie it into this, Eric, I, I'd be excited. It's not the case. Uh, the actor playing Darth Vader, and this is Spencer Wilding. He uh, most notably was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's the uh, blue-skinned thug that puts on um, Star-Lord's headphones in prison and turns, a, turns it into a little fight. That's Spencer Wilding. He is Darth Vader. Uh, look, if you take the mask off at any point and it's and it's Hayden in there, I guess you could still technically do that. Maybe they kept that secret. I'd actually be excited. I'm fine. We talked about it on Force Center a lot. Hayden shows up as a Force ghost or something in, in uh, Episode 8. I'm fine. Give him a little bit of redemption. But Alex, uh, to your uh, question about the Vader moments, uh, yeah, walking through the, the, the fog or the smoke or, or whatever you call it there, what do you want to call it? It could be steam. Um, great shot, great moment. And that's really all I needed. I could have been done without without that. But that's what they wanted to give me there, and, and it looks good. I think Vader's going to be good. I, I, I keep joking and teasing about the business meeting in this trailer. But I think we're going to get a good Vader. I'm excited about that. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for the question. So that is where you guys are going to go. You're going to go to hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. And um, you're going to tweet me the things that you loved about the trailer. We're not going to argue. We're not going to fight. I just want to see what connected with you guys on the trailer. And during this week, I'll take a look. And maybe I'll say, you know what, fans? You were right. And I, as usual, am wrong. That's the show for this week. You can uh, subscribe to the Force Center podcast feed on Stitcher. It's on Podomatic. And, of course, it is on iTunes. Do the important favor. If you have a moment, go to iTunes and uh, provide a rating. Maybe write a little review. It helps us greatly. When we did this call to action, you guys helped triple. You helped triple our ratings and reviews on iTunes, and that means a lot to Joseph and Jennifer and I, and it really, really put some wind in our sails for going forward, and we got some great things planned for you. Uh, If you are local, 
or you're coming out to Stan Lee's Los Angeles Comic Con, formerly called Kamikaze. They have changed that name. Stan Lee's Los Angeles Comic Con, which is Halloween weekend, that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, 28th, 29th, and 30th. If you're coming out, we have a Force Center panel on Saturday, the 29th, 4 p.m. We'll have the details. You can uh, uh, go to our Facebook page. We'll post that there. You can go to the Stan Lee's Comic Con uh, page, and I'm sure it will be posted there as well. There's a specific room number, of course. But at 4 o'clock, we will be doing a live Star Wars counseling, Joseph Scrimshaw's latest addition to the Force Center podcast feed. We'll be up there. Jennifer Land is going to be there, I believe, and Mark Ellis from Shmo's No and Jedi Council. He'll be there, and we're going to have a great session where we uh, are going to get counseled on some of the problems we have with Star Wars, some of the things that have gnawed us for a long time, and take some uh, uh, grievances from the audience as well. And uh, Joseph will lead us through a counseling session. It's going to be fun. So if you're local, you're coming out, please do us a favor. Show up. Uh, find us, too. I'll be there all day. Show up, and uh, let's have some fun at Stan Lee's Los Angeles Comic Con. And, guys, have some fun tweeting me at Ken Napsock, at Force Center Pod, and hashtag Spot. Light Star Wars so I can find out what moved you, what grabbed you, and what excited you about this second Rogue One trailer. So, until next time, remember, we're all rebels. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.